Hey, thanks for joining us. Did you know that your life has a purpose? Did you know that your life is not meant to be lived the way that you want to live it? Living on Mission is a podcast designed to help Christians understand that we have a radical purpose and a mission given to us from our Creator, that God has designed our lives to live for Him, for His glory, for His honor. Join us as we unpack these biblical truths designed to help us understand what our mission is in the Christian life. Welcome to Living on Mission with Chris and Amanda Thorne, where it is our mission to live. Um, do you know what my mission is today? What's that? Take a nap. Take a nap. Yes, Monday came really fast today. Four o'clock was brutal this morning. Brutal. Yeah, I woke up at five. Not quite four. You woke up at five? Since when? About every day. Because oh, okay. Noah is always like, hey, I need a bottle. I need more milk even though he's almost four, and he needs to get over the bottle. That technically isn't our mission no. for this podcast. No, and that's not the mission for the podcast in general. Anyway, it's so great to have you listening to us once again. I want to start off with a couple questions. Today, Lord willing, we are going to finish Psalm chapter 92 as we are looking at flourishing like that palm tree and like the cedar in Lebanon, and we, we hit on that a little bit in the last episode of the bending versus breaking. I've got so many other things that I want to talk about in the future, so we really have to finish this passage up, and we're going to. But before we get to that, Amanda, let me ask you some throwback questions from your past. And listeners, if you're listening, go ahead and just think of your past, and you can answer these as well. What was the most embarrassing moment from your teen years? Oh, man. She wasn't expecting that because the questions I asked her before were not those questions. Um, hmm. Most embarrassing moment. <gasps> okay, this one comes to mind. You know what youth rallies are? Yes. Do we still have those? I don't know because of COVID. I don't know if they still have anything because of COVID. I don't know. Some places still do have youth rallies. I know Indiana still has youth rallies where I grew up in, and they're mm -hmm. still going strong-ish. Got it. We were at a youth rally, and in our church in Colorado, Rad-O. Colorado. Not Rod-O. <laughs> Anyways. We Can you tell she's tired, listener? <laughs> we would stand for the reading of God's words, just what we did. I think we do that here, right? Yes, we do. So we are at this youth rally, and there's this preacher, and he's preaching, and he says, turn to this, it was his text for the message. So a couple of us in, the, uh, in our youth group, we just decided we are going to stand for God's word because that is the respectful thing to do, and this guy didn't tell us to stand. So we, the four of us, stood up for the reading of God's word, and not another person stood up in that congregation. We just stood there. It was like you already were standing, so you can't just sit back down because that's more embarrassing, right? So we stood for the reading of God's word, and then he just kept staring at us and staring at us and preaching and continuing to stare at us. And I was like, <laughs> guys, let's sit down. Let's sit down. 
very embarrassing moment. Yeah. Very embarrassing moment. I think I, I was like 15, I could, 15 uh, or 16. I could sense that. There was a lot of kids in that thing. You were just anxious. You were ready to, to stand up. I, I think we did the same thing when you were teenagers because you, you get to the place where you can kind of figure out a pastor or preacher or where they're going before they get there and especially the introduction part and like, all right, now it's time to stand for the reading of God's word. So let's all stand. I think I've, I've done some of the things like that before. And you're trying to jump and beat everyone else. And yeah, it's a little competition. And you'd already gone too far. And it was like, do you sit down now or do you wait? Till you should have just, you know, like, over I'm just here to testify. Decisions. I just want to testify. I don't know. So I never did that again. Lesson learned. It was very embarrassing for a 16 year old. So those that are in our church, that's why Amanda never stands for the reading of God's Word. I do too. Oh, okay. All right, next question. Hmm. Uh, some of these are pretty... <laughs> some of these are pretty intense, pretty personal. Well, let's, um, <laughs> let's keep that for another podcast, okay, pal? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, did you have a name for your first car? We'll, we'll, we'll keep it... I did not. Keep it... But I had friends simple. that did. I had friends in college that had their cars named. My guitar has a name. What's your guitar's Annabelle. name? Annabelle. Annabelle. Yes. Annabelle the guitar. Yes. I don't think I named my first car. I was just hoping and praying that it would make it to school. Mm. There was I didn't one have time a car where, well, it wasn't just one time before we got the problem fixed. It was a, it was an '87 Ford Taurus. It was my great grandma's car. So that can tell you kind of what... You had a car. Be thankful. I did. I, I am thankful for it. Trust me. I am very thankful for it. I had a bike. You know, it was the bench seat that, you know, everyone in the front row, they go up with you. I had to walk uphill both ways to school. Oh, in the snow? <laughs> 45 minutes each way? Yes. Anyway, I had a 87 Ford Taurus, and I got it, um, I guess I was 16, 17 at the time, so that was around 2000. So the car is only 13 years old. It wasn't that old, but it was my great-grandma's. It was white. A little rusted on the outside, not not too bad, but then that red, it wasn't leather, it was just the the fabric material. Pleather? And again, it wasn't even pleather, it was just fabric material. Just had a radio player, had the, the bench seat where everyone went for it. And that was funny, you know, the times where I'd, I'd take someone home, it's like, oh, I need to scoot up. Like, let's all scoot up together, or mm-hmm. I try to scoot back. All right, everyone, let's go. <laughs> it was pretty comical, but... There were times it had a lot of problems with it, and every time I stopped and idled, it would just die. And there were a couple times where I thought I was going to die because as I'm pulling out into traffic, you know, you're going slow, sometimes it would die. And there was one time where it did that right before I was turning into where our school was at, and there were cars coming because it was a busy intersection area, and I was so mad because I wanted my parents to get me a better car because my friends had better cars, and they wouldn't let me spend the thousand dollars that I had saved up for this amazing car in my mind, because a thousand dollars was going to go so far for a car. So literally I got the car into the parking lot and then I pushed it to the, the trash compactor area, uh, the dumpster, hoping that when they picked up the trash, they would just take it away. But trash pickup wasn't that day. No. And my parents came and they fixed it yet again. <laughs> and then my sister Carrie got a, take that white beauty out and it was hers anyway that was a long story to that say was nothing. very long yeah exactly all right let's continue on with a couple other random questions for you all Ooh, this is a good one what disney character were you inexplicably afraid of as a kid 
don't know. So if you study the history of Disney and Disney characters, it's kind of, it is kind of creepy. Nate, our youngest, he's six, will be seven in June. He loves, and he gets this, he gets this from my wife. He gets this from Amanda. He loves watching documentaries. Is that right? I do like some documentaries, but not the ones that you like. Not the ones that he watches. That's my fault. So he watches all these <laughs> Disney documentaries and um, if you Mario. want pointless That's... Disney facts, you can ask <laughs> yeah. Nate. Nate will tell you everything. <laughs> child is like as a, a six-year-old. Let me tell you all the pointless Disney facts. But anyway, the point child. I was trying to make with that: in some of these, he has watched the. I guess the best word to use is the evolution of some of these characters and their costumes. And even like the earliest Mickey, I think he watched this one, like the 10 creepiest uh, costumes for Disney characters or whatever. So it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was just kind of comical. So anyway, do you have a, I don't think I did have a Disney. It just kind of creeped you out or freaked you out. No, not that I can think of, but I wasn't really allowed to watch like a lot of movies growing up. So if there was something scary, I probably wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah. I think for me, it would have had to have been Old Yeller. Why? Because he died. That's not scary. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll actually get on topic, on mission with let's, our podcast today. Because I know this is why the listeners come, just to hear this rambling on for the first 10 minutes or so. What... Uh, I asked this before, and you never did this. What's the craziest dare you ever took? I never. Mm-mm. I mean, that that could be one that we don't necessarily answer, but I know our listeners can think about that. What's the craziest dare that you ever took in your life as a child or teenager? Man. I mean, all I can think of when I ask some of these questions is some of the things that Nate has asked me. I think the other day he came up to me, and he's like, Dad, tell me another time when you got in trouble. And what happened? He's like, I remember that time that you got in trouble where you were with your friends and your parents told you not to throw rocks and you were throwing rocks and then you broke someone's windshield. So he knows that story Mm because that's, you know, my famous story that I tell to him. But I think I've suppressed a lot of those memories because I did so many bad things growing up as a kid, or at least I broke so many bad things or so many things. And I got very good at gluing things back together. And that was just pure, pure luck pure coincidence, whatever you want to call it, you know, in my, in my moment of desperation, trying to figure out how I'm going to explain this to my parents or my sisters that I just broke (laughs) their figurines in their room, I stumbled across wood glue and gorilla glue that my mom had that I don't think she ever used, but it got used over the next five to 10 years of my life. I'm rolling my eyes, people. I'm rolling my eyes. I think they can tell just by your tone. Yes. I think they can tell. Definitely. All right, let, let me just do one more. There's so many here. I'm just I'm just trying to to sort through them all. Um, you know this this could be this could be damaging to some people if I ask some of these questions. Like, who was the worst grade school teacher you ever had? I mean, you only had a couple teachers. So if you ever said that, I'm not answering. You can answer. You can say your dad. I could. You could, but you shouldn't. Just in case he's he was listening. the meanest. He was the meanest <laughs> son of a gun. He would definitely be the meanest teacher. All right, l- let's end with this one. There's there's more we can do next time. <laughs> What's the worst haircut you ever had? <laughs> <laughs> when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> have you seen those pictures? Probably I don't not. think I have. I probably not would have asked you to. I literally looked like Abel Way. 
Oh. Literally looks like a boy. So you look like Noah? Yes. Well, it wasn't that short, but it was pretty short. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you cut it yourself? No, I had it cut. It was what? Because it was, let's see. how Surely was that I? wasn't the Early style. 90s. Like, it was probably like 1990 when the um, bob, like the short bob was out. And so I wanted it so badly. And I got the haircut. And I look back at those pictures and I was like, mother... What were you thinking? Why did you let me? But probably because there were so many of us. Like it was like <laughs> Jurassic Park in our house. Just chop it <laughs> and all She was off. like, just it's all good. It <laughs> then I don't have to fix it. So oh, she let man. me. <laughs> I think you may have showed me those pictures, and it was my kindergarten picture. I was somewhat horrified. Yes, I because we had to find those be because we were trying to compare when Nate graduated kindergarten. Yes. So we were trying to compare yes. mine with yours with his. I do remember My those. 1990 Bob. I think mine was probably what first or second grade. I think I've shared this story with our school kids. I had a what they called a Hollywood burr, which basically it was shaved down, but then the bangs, they kept the bangs. Oh. That was I mean, that was cool. I mean, that was, you know, pre Backstreet Boys in sync. Okay, we're I mean, we're, we're getting somewhere keep with it this. On mission. So anyway, <laughs> this is on mission again. <laughs> this is why the <laughs> listeners are here. Okay. Just for this. Let's just. Okay. Anyway, the night before school pictures, I didn't like the haircut, and I think I just got it cut. I'm like, man, this is stupid. So I cut off the bangs, which made it look even dumber, because that's not the intent of that haircut. So I had to get retakes. And before I continue on, I just remember my sister, Carrie, which if she's listening, which I'm sure she's a subscriber to this by now, four episodes in, she had the poodle perm. Carrie, what were you thinking? I mean, it looked like a Christmas tree. You're so mean. <laughs> I know, but... I was never allowed to have a perm. I always wanted one. She, I was never allowed She to. would laugh at this too. My parents had weird rules of what I was and wasn't allowed to do. Yeah, mine did too. But I won't, we won't. Talk about I that. know. I we just keep it. We we should just have an episode where we just talk about random things. Talk about our parents. Talk about our parents. Ooh. <laughs> we'll have a how therapy ma- session. How many want to hear an episode about that? Raise your hand. <laughs> Raise my hand. Oh, we got two of us at least. <laughs> since I can't see who's raising your hand out there. All right. Since we are so far off topic, off mission, let's try to turn it back around. Turn it back around. Let's do that. Get back on mission. It sounds good. Amanda, have you ever felt like you've been under something in your life? Under your thumb. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> All right, people. Sorry, did I get we're off mission again? We're definitely going <laughs> a different direction today than I anticipated. Oh, I want okay. to finish this chapter. I'm sorry. Okay, let's go. It's only like four let's verses proceed. that we're trying to finish. Yes, I have. How does how does it feel when you're, just before I kind of describe and explain some things, how does it feel when you're under something? So I don't like bridges. I have like this claustrophobic issue. And if I have to, when I'm driving, if I have to go drive under an underpass and then we stop, I sometimes will not stop under the underpass, even if there's a huge gap in front of me, because I do not like being under that thing because the thought of it coming down on me, I'm not afraid of dying per se. I'm just afraid of the the way 
I'm going to die. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the thought of being crushed by a bridge, of being stuck under a bridge, or not even necessarily dying, but being stuck under a bridge for days and days and days until someone can get me out, that thought can like paralyze me. Does that is that a good answer? Yeah. So even if there were other cars in front of you and they were all stopped, you would just like plow through and just I don't like plow, no why would I plow through well because you if you were under there and you can't get through well, would you just plow through everyone else to make sure you're out of no I just pray like, just don't think about it turn up my music something so I don't think about it hmm. but I don't I do not like being I do not like being under things yeah at all I think under a tree because a bird will poop yeah, on you <laughs> or a power line <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the idea of being under something, you know, there's a lot of emotions that might come about. But you think about times in your life that you're under things, whether it's under pressure, maybe you feel undervalued, maybe you're underqualified, maybe you're under attack, underpaid. Who isn't underpaid that is listening right now, right? Maybe you feel like you're underfired or underequipped or underestimated. Here's the reality: no matter what you are under right now. God wants you to flourish. He wants you to thrive in Him. And I think the reality for all of us, and I think Amanda would agree with this, that when circumstances are beyond our control, when trials come, when storms come in our life, most of us would just rather those storms to disappear, right? Mm-hmm. We'd rather those storms to just go away. We don't like the trouble. But the reality is maybe God is trying to help us through the trouble because when we go through the trouble, it's his chance to grow us to produce even more fruit. And that's really what we're trying to talk about in these first three or four episodes so far. Understanding what it means to flourish in our Christian life and live on mission for God, the way that God intended us to live. And we've specifically been in Psalm chapter 92. Great Psalm. I'm going to read the few verses again at the end of the passage here where it says in verse number 12, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. We talked about that last episode, the bending versus breaking. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now this word flourish or flourishing or flourished is used several times by the psalmist here. Verse 14, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. You know, that's the part that I think all of us just want to hear. All right, God wants us to be fat and flourishing. So before we guys, before we go, I guess, deeper into the theological aspect, Amanda, what I guess would be your first thought with that verse, the fat and flourishing? Um, you always ask these questions, and then I really have to, like, dig in my brain. And flourishing, like a little puppy that's just like drank all the milk. His little belly's all like fat and pokey <laughs> and squishy, and he's just like laying there all happy. There you go. God milk wants drunk. you to be a puppy. <laughs> milk drunk. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me try to describe these words for us today in the episode. So, fat is from the Hebrew word dashin which literally means fat in the sense of being full of sap. There are some versions that use, instead of fat and flourishing, they talk about being full of sap because it's talking about a tree. So the idea here, it refers to abundance, figuratively speaking. 
being rich, being fertile, being prosperous. The idea of flourishing in verse 14 means to be, to be green, to be fresh, to be luxuriant, full of leaves, growing profusely. Figuratively, it is referring to being prosperous, flourishing, or thriving. So when the psalmist is telling us here that if we're planted in verse number 13, let me read that verse again. It says, they shall still, or yeah, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. You see, here's where God wants us, his children, to live. This is that flourishing, that thriving stage. But how do we get there? And that's what we're trying to unpack, not just in this episode, but in the past episodes and the future episodes as well. Again, so many Christians, they're, they're living a life without realizing that God placed them here for more, more than themselves. We were made for more. We were designed for more. God designed us to seek Him. He designed us to trust in Him. He designed us to grow, designed us to flourish, to thrive. He designed us to, to be fat, as in re, uh, reference to this tree. And again, fat is speaking of abundance, flourishing. is talking about thriving and bursting forth with new life. So here's the question for you, listener, that I want you to, you to try to answer. How alive are you right now, spiritually speaking? Could people around you say that you are a flourishing Christian? Amanda, we've talked about this in past episodes, but again, I know it's a kind of a deep topic, deep question, but what do you think causes many Christians from truly flourishing, from being alive, spiritually speaking? I think some don't really even know what that means. You can think you're alive, flourishing, when in reality you simply just stalled out. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I mean, that, that's a great point. You know, I talked just a minute ago about, you know, all, I think a lot of us feel the pressures being under things, whether it be undervalued, under pressure, underqualified, whatever the under it might be that is getting to us. But here's the thought to consider. It's something that I actually just heard today as I was listening to a message online, some random preacher that I stumbled across. And the thought was this, under does not mean over. And the point, it's so simple, but it's so true. Sometimes when we feel like life is getting us down, when we're under pressure, when we're, we feel underqualified, undervalued, all of those things under attack, it doesn't mean that our life is over. And the reality of what this preacher was trying to say, and really I think kind of ties in what we're talking about today, you can't produce fruit, you can't flourish and thrive if you aren't connected. And Amanda, help me if you would. We've been talking about this the past couple of days just in our own life, about being connected to God, being connected to our Father, and you brought up a great point the other day. Do you remember what you're talking about? I we were I was just talking about the frustrations of just watching people just kind of live in uh, what is it coast where they're just coasting through. But the thing is, and I actually ended up posting this in 
a devotional thing on our page on Facebook, our ladies page that we do for our church. And I was telling them that a lot of times the first they say, or it's said that you're either going through a trial, you're coming out of a trial, or you're getting ready to go into a trial. And regardless, if it seems like the first thing that goes is a grateful heart. And what happens is our focus is then no longer on God, no longer on our Heavenly Father, but rather it's on us. There's two places you can put your focus. You can put it on God or you can put it on yourself. When you're focused on God and his word and his truths and what he wants for your life, you will find contentment. But when you're focused on yourself, you find yourself full of contention, Hmm. full of jealousy. It's always everybody else's fault. And everybody else is always getting everything that you're not. And no one's really paying attention to you. And it's like you're all by yourself. You just, it's like you're, you're living in a constant pity party. But when the focus is on the Heavenly Father you realize everything that he has given you. And so the challenge that I've, and I would even challenge even those that are listening right now, I would even challenge you to do this, to start a thankfulness journal. And what I'm having our ladies do is I just have them write three things in the morning that they're thankful for and three things at night. And the reality is, is that if you stop and think about everything that you have, you have more than you need. Hmm. And really getting down to the core of just God died for you. He sent his son. And I know as a parent, sometimes Nate said it once or twice before, mom, you never give me anything. (laughs) And I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) And I get, I get very offensive, but then God reminds me, but that's how you treat me. You ask me for things and I don't necessarily answer for that. But, and then you get mad when I don't answer that, but I, I sent my son for you. And, and then I have to stop and I have to confess and I have to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I got my, my eyes focused on myself instead of on you. So that, that was our conversation in that area. Yeah. To me, the thing that stand, I mean, there's so many things that stand out, but on topic with what we're discussing today, just the the connection, Mm -hmm. connection to our father. And with thinking of what we were talking about the other day, with thinking of this, in verse 13, it says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. You know, when I'm reading this, and then obviously the next verse talks about fat and flourishing, I can't help but think of Psalm chapter 1, which we've probably alluded to already. Verse number 3, it says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Oh, there's so much <laughs> to unpack in, in those couple verses alone planting here, it implies that there has to be something done for us that we cannot do ourselves. You know, a tree cannot plant itself. But before before I go on, Amanda and I were just having a conversation about being planted. So if you don't mind, Amanda, just spend a few more minutes and talk about the seed that we had discussed earlier. So you asked me the question of, is there a difference between being buried and planted, which I was kind of confused about. But something happened this uh, today while I was getting the kids ready for school. Nate had a little science project, and they had a bean seed, and we were supposed to plant it. Well, I have 
put that off because I just didn't want to go get a pot and dirt and all of that. So I left it in the bag, wrapped up in the paper towel. They had wet the paper towel down, folded the bean seed in the paper towel. And today I picked it up off the counter and I looked and I was like, oh, it's growing. And as I looked at it, I kept thinking, you know what? That is a really good point because I think we think that there are certain areas in our life where we're just not going to grow. Mm. It's impossible to grow. It's just not going to happen. There's not the right situation. It's just not the right time to be growing. It's just, I'm frustrated with my life. I, there's just no possible way I can grow. But that little tiny bean seed proved to me that even in a paper towel, in the weirdest conditions, it was in a Ziploc bag wrapped up in a moist paper towel. And that thing is sprouting. Yeah. It's time to, obviously, I mean, it's not going to last there. It's not going to thrive there. Exactly. But that's a good point too, because the fact of the matter is, is whatever trial you're in, whatever you're going through right now, you can grow in that situation, understanding that God is going to move you on from that situation. Maybe not like literally out of like move you out of a state or something, but he's going to put you in another situation where you can thrive even more. But I, that bean sprout is alive. It's thriving as best as it can in that paper towel right now. I really need to plant it so that Nate doesn't get mad at me because I killed his bean. (laughs) But, but it was just, it was like, oh my goodness, what a, what a great thought. Yeah. That you can, you can grow where you're at. God gives you the grace. He gives you the wisdom through his word. All of those things, he has planted you. And you can grow even in the direst of situations. Yes. No, that's that's so true and so applicable for all of our lives. You know, flourishing might not come to to many of people's minds when they think about something that is planted. And I think many of our listeners are probably even thinking, you know, I'm not really flourishing right now in my Christian life. But as Amanda just said, you you can still thrive, but it's all about the connection. That's what it comes back to for me. You know, I think there might be people that are saying, you know what, I'm just, I feel like I'm withering. I feel like I'm, I'm dying. I'm not, I'm not really doing what what I need to be doing, and you, need to, you keep talking about thriving and flourishing, that's not me. And to me, the question I asked Amanda earlier about planting versus burying, I understand that you have to bury a seed in order to plant it. But the point I was trying to make, I think a lot of times we have buried ourselves. In hiding. In, in hiding, yes. Instead of, if you plant something, there has to be watering and nurturing to then produce fruit. But then I went back to you know Psalm chapter 1 where it says, He shall be like a tree, because this references Psalm 92, talking about being planted in the house of God and the courts of God. Verse number 3, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf, it won't wither. And whatsoever he doeth is going to prosper. Here's the truth as we close up today. If a tree is planted by the riverbanks, it never has to worry about whether or not it will rain. Did you realize that? Yeah. Why? Because it has everything it already needs right from the source, the river. And when you're planted close to God, you have all the living water you'll ever need. And yet so many people just, they can't grasp that. They can't get there. 
Look, here's the reality, people. No tree bears fruit in every season, does it? But when you're planted in God, when you are connected to God, to Jesus as your source, you can bear fruit anytime, any place, any season. Spring, summer, fall, winter. You can. A lot of times a tree that loses its leaves during the fall, the, the reason for that, it's because it's, it's trying to save up nutrients so that it doesn't die everywhere. But the reality is we don't have to save anything up. Our Heavenly Father offers us everything we need every day of our lives. And, and this is where it, it, it gets good for us, that it doesn't matter what life throws at you. And, and there could be a whole list of things that are going on in our lives right now. We don't have time to unpack that. We'll try to do that in a future episode. But life just comes at us fast sometimes. But no matter what life brings at you, you can still bear fruit when you're planted in the living water of God. And I think so many of us miss out on thriving because we are satisfied with that one time that God came to us instead of realizing that God is always there. And it's important to be connected because when we're connected to the vine, when we're connected to him, we produce even more fruit. I'm going to close up in just a second, but Amanda, anything else with that or just to kind of a final thought to consider? In those moments when you feel like you're just stuck in a paper towel and you just, you fear that you won't grow, don't, it's that whole buried versus planted and the buried, you bury something to hide it. Don't hide. Mm. Don't keep it in. It's, it's very easy to think, and this, it, this is part of taking your focus off the father as well. I, God gave us a church family for a reason. And that's something I had mentioned to our ladies as well. When the family of God, outside of doctrinal issues and outside of theological issues, the family of God ceases to be a family when you step away from your father. And half the time, us as the family of God, we don't even know what's going on because you've buried yourself. Yeah. Instead of trying to thrive or, and, and allowing God to work in your heart, find someone that you trust. Don't, don't find that friend that's going to tell you everything you want to hear. Find that friend that you can talk to that's going to encourage you in the Lord. Iron sharpeneth iron. Find that one that's going to say, hey, let's, let's do something about this. Let's, let's pray. Don't hide yourself in those moments where you're struggling to grow. Ask someone to pray for you. Open up. That is okay to do. And that, too, will help you stay focused on the Father. God, God gives you those people in your life to encourage you. You know, Elijah had Elisha, you know, those Paul had Timothy. They we need that friend. We need that someone there to encourage us and help us along the way when it when it feels like we've we're just in that point where we don't even know what to do. Yeah. So true. So many good thoughts there. I just want to leave you with what I talked about earlier. You might feel like you're under something right now, under stress, under pressure, under attack, under fire, under whatever. But remember, under does not mean over. 
It doesn't mean your life is over. It doesn't mean God is done with you. He still has a purpose for you, still has a plan for you, and he wants you to thrive. And the way that you thrive is when you are planted, when you are rooted in him. That's how you become fat. That's how you become flourishing. That's how you become the Christian that God has intended you to become. And here's the reality. It doesn't matter if everyone next to you is withering and dying, spiritually speaking. If you are connected to the source, you are going to thrive. Mm -hmm. You can't base your thriving, your flourishing on someone else and what they're doing and what their journey is. You have to base it on your own journey. And that's where I want to leave you with today. I want to encourage you again to take to heart what we have talked about in this episode and the past episodes as well, trying to lay the foundation for what is to come, understanding what it means to truly thrive and flourish in our Christian life. And again, just because you might feel under stress and under pressure, it doesn't mean life is over. God still has a purpose. He still has a plan for you. And I, again, encourage you to continue to live life on mission the way that God intended you to live. And the way he intended you to live is to thrive, is to be fat and flourishing. 